Hi, I'm Jeff Van Gundy, and you're listening to Thunderbus. Welcome to Thunderbus with your hosts, Watson and Bones. I'm Watson. And I'm Bones. We get serious about the thunder on this podcast. And we don't get too serious. Guys, we have not been on the mic recently because we've got COVID. Yeah. And, and we're, uh, we're just starting to get over COVID. And uh, it's been a weird time. Haven't really seen other human beings. No, no humans. Just watching all these transactions pour in on Woj's Twitter feed. Uh, yeah. Thinking about all the Thunder players we're going to miss. Not sure who's on the team or what, really. Let me tell you, I, I got no sense of taste, no sense of smell, but my sense of feelings are hurt. <laughs> They're hurt, Watson. After we lost Steven Adams and all of our other guys that you know I won't soak, soak on, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna miss we're gonna miss these fellas, but we got a we got a bright future ahead of us, and so uh, you know, this is not goodbye, but it's see you later. It is see you later, and, and I think Adams will have an interesting year in uh, in New Orleans. I think the Pelicans are gonna be good, so I'm happy for him that he is gonna be in a successful place, not. In Oklahoma City, where we're not going to win many games next yes. year. Successful place, not a lot of space, but a lot of space in Zion's belly, because you know <laughs> that guy be eaten. There it is. Hopefully, Stephen will eat as well. So, I, I, I want to bring something up before we get into the into the meat of the outline here. Uh, you know, I think there's kind of a natural question that comes up of why why did we kind of run it back last year and didn't run it back uh, and decide not to run it back this year like like last year you know we had the we had some big trades we traded Paul George we traded Westbrook we got the picks and people were expecting us to to do last offseason what we did this offseason which was we just kept yeah. churning through assets and kept liquidating them into picks and trying to get bad flipping um, and you know we we could have held on to Rubio and Ubre and uh, and Adams and had a, a decent team mm-hmm. next year. We Wouldn't could have stopped fun. halfway through, and uh, so it kind of begs the question: Why did we you know go for the forty five win team last year, and then this year we're tearing it down? To me, I think probably. Well, I don't know. I don't know about probably, but certainly possibly. Possibly. I think it's because Presty looked at the 2020 draft and thought it wasn't very strong. Right. But he looked at the 2021 draft and he said, if I'm going to tear down, tear way down and mm-hmm. get the team real bad, I'm going to do it for a good draft. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then, I mean, even before last season, that 2021 draft already had two guys and uh, Kate Cunningham and what's his name Jalen Green. Green Jalen Green like two guys that are already like notables if a draft already has notables 
especially more than one, then yeah, it makes sense to hold out because I don't remember hearing about any of these 2020 guys until like, well, until, you know, towards like halfway through the season. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, I think he looked at that draft and went, wee. let's, uh, let's give it a year. Right. And this draft in 2020 didn't have notables, but it did have a potable because Pokashevsky is a tall glass of water. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Seven, one, 190. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, My type of man. How do you feel about Alexei Pokashevsky? I'm excited. I I like the pick. I was pumped when uh, Presti made the choice at 17, and um, and you know I think a lot of people, I I think a lot of people want to say, uh, and I I don't disagree with this, but uh, uh, low floor, high ceiling, kind of guy. Yes. And uh, I'll take that. You know I I uh, when you have a 17th pick um well i guess we traded up for it right so so we put ourselves in the position to get him which but still 17th pick is 17th pick 17th pick yeah yeah 17, well there's only so many options available yeah i mean part the, of the draft the fact that we traded up to get him tells me that you know presty had his eye on him and i think he's kind of rolling the dice but we got so many freaking picks and pick swaps and trade exceptions and middle school players that I you know Presti has the room to kind of gamble I think it's kind of a gamble but I like it uh and I am excited that he gets to play with these other dogs we got what about you are you a fan I I yeah I'm a fan of the player profile that he is he's a really unique player uh because he is so tall and so skinny and uh, the description I've heard is that he's a seven-foot guard. Yeah. And when I was watching, you know, the highlights of him, you know, the breakdowns, that's what I saw. He's got ball handling capabilities. He's got playmaking capabilities. Uh, he he can deliver a lot of passes in, like, lots of interesting ways. He's got pretty good court vision. Kind of a lumbering guy. He's not, like, the most agile dude. Mm-hmm. And he can move, but he's not, you know, shifty or, like, explosive or whatever. Yeah, he could probably dance, but he goes to, like, three different moves. He's not versatile with the dance. Right. He's probably snapping his fingers a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his shooting stroke looks good. The numbers on his three-point percentage are kind of weak. But if the stroke looks good and the player is 18, then... It's fair to assume he has you know good potential as a shooter. Plus, being seven foot, his release point is going to be really high. Right. So that means that it's going to be harder to contest his shot. Yep. So, if you put all those things together, you know you've got the possibility of being a good outside shooter, being a, a passer, playmaker, and then probably even offering some rim protection at that size. That's a really interesting profile of player that you can fit into a lot of different lineups. Uh, he's got to get thicker. I mean, the the dude barely weighs. You know, if if I ate a few more Big Macs, I might be able to take him in a in a wrestling contest. <laughs> uh, but I think he's an interesting player. The one thing I will say though is I'm not excited about having an ugly, skinny ass Eastern European <laughs> with an unpronounceable name. <laughs> Poku. 
Yeah, I mean, you even shorten it to a nickname, and it sounds gross. It sounds <laughs> like something you have to freeze off. Poke, poke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I, I am a little, I'm a little excited just because he's Serbian. Like, I just assume that passing <laughs> skills will come. Like, I've watched highlight videos, and I've seen him, you know, he does try to do some creative things, but, you know, he's not, like, uh, he's not uh, an, an all-star passer by any means. But if he doesn't make some pretty cool passes, I'll be disappointed. Because those Serbians, they're supposed to have good vision. And he probably has a cousin in the Mafia. Yeah, so we don't have to have an enforcer. We don't have to waste a roster spot on an enforcer because we'll have a literal enforcer <laughs> related to Poku. Now. Yeah. So one of the interesting things to look at for this season is, is Poku going to start? Um, I was kind of trying to look at the starting lineup and see what uh, see what it's likely to be. And, of course, it's... Uh, Everything's in flux, and we've got so many players. So we've got like 20 players-ish. We have 20-ish players because there are deals that are still, you know, still pending. We're definitely going to waive some of these guys. There, I was looking at the, the roster the other day, and I think there are four players that I've never even heard of before, <laughs> which, I mean, I'm not the biggest expert on the nba but if you can if you can get a, a collection of players and four of them are guys i've never heard of then it we're getting pretty obscure mm -hmm. uh so there's some guys here that i'm just assuming are not going to see the floor for the thunder um but here's the starting lineup i came up with and you tell me what you think it's actually actually fairly obvious um so starting at the point george hill uh, starting shooting guard, SGA, small forward, I got Dort, and, you know, shooting guard, small forward, kind of fungible. Uh, Baisley at power forward and Horford at center. Okay. W what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, with the lineup we have now, that sounds about right. Um, but George Hill, Horford, SGA, Dort, and Baisley, that's a pretty decent lineup. Like, I'm not... You know, it still might be the worst in the West, starting lineup-wise, but it competes at the bottom for sure. Um, so the starters do. Let's hear the let's hear the reserves. Uh, so who I've got slotted in at the second, and of course, I, I I don't have nearly as much confidence in who I've got in the second and third teams here. But second team, I've got Teo Maladon, Ty Jerome, Trevor Ariza. Alexei Pokashevsky and Mike Muscala. Man, I forgot we had Ariza. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ty Jerome's the point guard? Uh, no, I had Maladon at point guard. Okay. Ty Jerome's shooting guard. Is Maladon a point guard? Is he a traditional one? or? Yeah, he's a point guard. Okay, cool. He's a big point guard. He's like 6'3 or 6'4. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He might be 6'5. Any chance that he starts over George Hill? Hmm... I I would say no. The only He's only 19. So it's like, the, the, so to me... I bet he'll get lots of minutes, though. I bet he'll get 20 minutes a game. Well, let's say we keep all of those guys. And uh, 
your starting lineup sounds like the logical one. It sounds like our collection, the collection of our best players, our five best players starting. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Is there a possibility that we just don't do that because we are <laughs> we want to lose games? Like, is there a possibility that we tank on the court now and we don't start our five best players? I would say no, because I think that the Thunder want to uh, trade Hill and Horford. I think they want That's those guys point. to put up production, yeah. make themselves attractive. Because uh, George Hill, he's uh, he's a good player. He 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 fits with everybody, uh, and he's on a really manageable contract. He only makes nine and a half. Mm-hmm. So that so he's a is pretty valuable asset for sure. Uh, yes, somebody is going to want him. Somebody can use him. If we, like, just to put ourselves in the shoes of a guy or a team that would want him, when we were, uh, you know, just trying to compete between 2012 and, like, 2016, remember, like, any kind of sign or, like, any inkling or any rumor of a, a free agency signing or some kind of trade where it, like if we w- if we would have got a guy like George Hill at that time, we would have been pumped. Yeah, we would have we much rather had him than Derek Fisher. Yeah, or you know Eric Mayner or whatever. C- yeah, could you? I mean, I- any of those seasons, if if we got a, if we picked up a guy like George Hill, we would have been stoked. So, so yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, we'll probably start him and crank that soldier boy. Now Horford will be harder to move because he makes twenty eight mil. So yeah. it's possible we have Horford for the whole year, but I'm kind of okay with that. I mean, seems like a uh, good player, like a good guy to have in the locker room. You know, good he, voice of the team. Yeah, seems like a good, uh, good. You know, he's from the, I believe, the Dominican Republic. Yep. There we go. The some, old some diversity. The old DR. Yeah. There you go, Thunder. Uh. And, and I feel like he's just kind of a good, like, centering presence. He's experienced. He's a veteran. So he will do, you know, correct NBA things on the floor. He'll help keep the the rookies and the inexperienced players in line. And just generally help us to have a kind of a coherent NBA team. Um I bet he's not gonna have a fun year, <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe he will. Maybe he'll just embrace it. You know, he he's leaving Philly, and it sounds like they were just terrible. <laughs> and yeah. So and two years ago, he was in Boston when they were having weird shit going on in their locker room. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think he'll have a fine time. Thunder will take care of him. Yeah, he'll get plenty of foot massages. Yeah, this might be like a kind of a vacation year for him. Oh yeah, in Oklahoma City, go to the uh, <laughs> Bricktown yeah, every day. Bricktown. Is Hooters still in Bricktown? Tucker's Onion Burgers. Tucker's Onion Burgers. I don't think that's in Bricktown, but it is in Oklahoma City. There you go. It's somewhere within walking distance. Better walk those onion burgers off. Hey, maybe he can take the streetcar. Oh, that's a pretty hip element to the city. Yeah. Yeah, self-consciously, <laughs> very self-consciously Man, hip. Pau Gasol would have came to Oklahoma City if we had that streetcar. <laughs> if we just told him, hold on, Pau, come here, and 60 years later, we'll have a streetcar. <laughs> now that's culture. 
Also, we're building one really tall glass building. <laughs> it's like, I do love glass. I am a man of glass. Okay, so uh, we want to move into our next segment, Over-Unders, and we want to tell you that Over-Unders is brought to you by... Guberman International. Mm -hmm. Guberman is a time-tested, respected company that delivers quality products and services to customers throughout the entire world. Go to Guberman's website and use our special offer code BUSBOYS to receive 20% off of Plumbus. Guberman International. Real people, real quality, real results. Thank you to the Goobs. All right, Bones, I'm going to start you off with the first over-under, then we can go back and forth. Okay, yeah. Let's let's get it. So first, Vegas has us at 23 and a half wins this year. Ooh. Which if you translate that to an 82 game season, you know, there's only 72 games this year. If you translate that to an 82 game season, that'd be a 27 win pace. Okay. So, over under 23 and a half wins for the Thunder in the 2020-2021 season. So, I'm an optimist, which means I want the best. Where I, you know, I, I, I hope for the best, and I believe it will come true, and we want the Thunder to tank, so I'm going with the under. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll get under twenty three five. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you and, know, and I, that's ideal. Fire Mark Dingbat. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I can already tell he's going to deserve it. <laughs> I already hate him. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going under. What about you? I think I think I'm gonna go over. Uh, cause SGA, Horford, those are real players. I think there's gonna be kind of a lot of craziness during the season this coming year, with people missing with COVID and stuff. Um, and not just missing with having COVID, but you know, with exposure that you have to quarantine. Yeah, they'll get on the list. So uh, that's been the tale of college football. It's been the tale of NFL. It's been the tale of college basketball so far as random shit just happens. People are, I mean, the the fucking Broncos had all four of their quarterbacks <laughs> uh, unavailable for their game this weekend because of uh, COVID exposure. Uh, and the effect of that has been to increase parity and draw teams kind of towards the middle. Uh, so I I think the Thunder are going to be bad, but I think they're going to be maybe better than people think. Well, let me let me crunch some numbers here real quick. So if we win, let's say we win twenty four games, which twenty four out of seventy two, um, which is kind of I mean it's it's I think that's exactly a third, isn't it? Typically not bottom of the barrel because. So last year in an 82 games, well, no, we didn't play 82 games last year. How many games did we play last year? It was Not, an inconsistent amount. Be yeah, but it wasn't. It it was probably around like. I think teams played like between like 64 and 73 games, something like that. Okay, so it, probably a similar amount that we will play next season. Yeah, sure. Anyways, so in the East, there were one, two, three. There were five teams that ha that were under that. In the East, there were five teams that were under well, the East 23 bad. wins. And then in the West, there were two teams, Minnesota and Golden State, that were under 23 wins. Um, 
So like last year, that would put us around like the seven or eight behind the one spot of of just total losses. Um, so wouldn't you say that if we did go over that, it would be somewhat of a failure on our part? Mm, we w- we would not have tanked enough. Well, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have tanked enough, and you know, w- was trading all of those people away worth it? Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, it may be that if we start off on, you know, on a twenty-five win pace or twenty-seven win pace, that <laughs> um, that we throw the cargo overboard, you know. Yeah, we'll get Poku's cousin in there and rough up SGA or something. <laughs> uh, so, you, but you're you're sticking Tanya with Harding over approach. Though. What you're st- you're sticking with over? Yeah, just to give this podcast some variety. There we go. <laughs> Entertainment for your soul. Uh, okay, well, let's go to the next one. Over under twenty five points per game for SGA. Yeah, I think this is a. This is a good number for for SGA uh, is twenty five points. So his rookie season, he averaged, uh, I believe, like ten and a half, and then last year, yeah, I'll pull it up so I don't have to, I don't have to be wrong. So yeah, so rookie season, ten point eight. Last year, nineteen even. Uh, and he he took fourteen and a half shots per game last year, playing thirty five minutes a game, but. You know, there's no Gallo on this team. There's no Chris Paul. Dort and Baisley are not going to take that many shots. George Hill's never not going to take that many shots. And the organization wants SGA to, to grow, to blossom. I bet the SGA is going to take 20 shots a game this year. Yeah. And if he does that, I think he'll average 25 points a game. So, yeah, I'll take the over there. Yeah, I I mean I would like to spice this up a little bit, but I gotta agree with you. I am going over for SGA on twenty five points per game. He's gonna yeah, he's gonna be shooting too much. Too much. Now the interesting thing to see will be does he maintain his efficiency? Because last year the miraculous thing he did was that he increased his volume dramatically and his efficiency stayed the same. With us being a worse team next year. I anticipate his efficiency suffering, especially since he's going to be kind of the guy that we're telling, okay, you're the one who has to take the buckets when when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, there's no safety net in Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right on, on, uh, on both of those. I think his efficiency will fall just he's, slightly. He's the safety net. D- the what? He's the safety net. That's right. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. 25 points. He'll beat it. Over under 50 starts for Darius Baisley. Man, I hope over. You know, barring any sort of weirdness, I think think Baze will start out the season. And if he doesn't, then I think he probably will later on in the season because we might trade a George Hill away. Um so I'm going over, over 50. What about you? I think I'm going over as well. But the interesting thing to me here is really there's there's two questions. There are two questions. I am sorry to all my middle school English teachers. <laughs> Question number one, 
does Alexei Pokushevsky start? If he does, how how many games does Pokushevsky start? Because I I doubt he's going to start from day one. Mm-hmm. But you know, if he if he grows, he matures, he fits. I could see us giving him some starts, and then what position does he start at, and what position is Baisley? Because I feel like both of these guys can play either the three or the four. Yeah. So, you know, if Pokashevsky starts, does he start over Baisley? Or does he cause Baisley to slide over and, you know, maybe Dork goes to the bench? I I predict Baisley is going to come back a little bigger this season. And so I think we could slide Baisley up, or I guess down, and play a bigger position. And Pokyu could be a three. Um or you know, Dort can can continue to start, and we slide SGA over over to point guard, and bring George Hill off the bench. But if we're trying to get Maladon minutes, then it's hard to have SGA play point guard because if if SGA is a point guard, we have three point guards. Uh, yeah. SGA Hill and Maladon. And really, I don't see SGA as a point guard long term. SGA is a shooting guard to me. He's a wing. See, I think he is a point guard. I think he wants to be a point guard, and as long as he's with the Thunder, he's going to be a one. Well, he didn't really play one last year. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, because because of you know Chris Paul and and Schroeder, who have played point guards and are you know ex- like they are experienced point guards, and you they're both veterans, so. So they're going to play point um, as much as they possibly can. But I think Shea considers himself a point guard. Um, well, this will be the year we find out, I guess. Yeah. By the way, isn't it going to be awesome watching Schroeder play with the Lakers this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really hope they repeat. And I think people will realize how good he is. Now, yes, he did just have his best season, probably. Um, but, man, he was good for us. And his shot good. was so consistent. Like his mid range was one of the most consistent in, in, in the league last year. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to realize how good DS is. Over under four and a half for the Thunder's lottery draft pick position. So, how does this work? If I say over, does that mean they go up to the three? Uh, let's just. Or let's just, just do the it. way that numbers work, okay. I guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, over means that they will have a worse draft pick. Okay. Gotcha. So, since I went under on the twenty-three and a half wins, I, let's let's simplify. Let's say better or worse than, okay. than gotcha. picking four and a fifth. Okay. Four and a half. So, because I went under on the twenty-three and a half wins, uh, that implies that we are going to really tank here. So I'm going to say that we have a better draft pick position than four and a half. I'm going to say we might, you know, get the three or the two. I'm an optimist, so I'm not ruling out the one. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of got my eye on the th- uh, on the two or the three, if I'm being honest. Um, so better than four and a half. Yeah, a- as you should. I guess in order to be logically consistent, since I took yeah, the over on twenty three and a half, got to go. I have to say that we're going to get worse in the four and a half. 
But uh, as I'm thinking about it, I think you're right that um, it's an organizational priority to get a high draft pick in this lottery. Uh, and, you know, we're all, I mean, I've already watched <laughs> uh, parts of the first two OSU games because I'm, I'm interested in Cade Cunningham and what this boy can do. Yeah. And, uh, and he, looks, he looks great. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm taking the the worser <laughs> side of this over under, uh, but man, I really hope that we pick high, high, high. And Tankathon right now has us predicted to be the third pick in this draft. So, fingers crossed that they're right. But I don't think third is going to be high enough to get Cade Cunningham. No, no, it's not. It, I mean, it seems like he's almost the consensus one already. But um, maybe, maybe uh, we get like the fourth or the fifth pick, and then we bundle. Maybe we trade. We got a lot to bundle. The twenty twenty one first round pick, and a future first, or even two future firsts. Yeah, I mean to trade up and get Cade. You really hope the Kings somehow land the first pick <laughs> so they can, they can just. And the Kings are like, well, we already have yeah. Fox. We don't need another ball handler. Yeah, they can fumble for our bundle, and <laughs> we somehow end up with Cade. But, man, I got to say, if any other team gets first, I can't see them passing on Cade Cunningham. Uh, so, like I said, let's hope that we get it where the Kings get it, because then we got a chance. Um, how about this over-under for you? Point five all rookie selections. There are ten spots. Okay, so basically, will we have at least a rook one rookie on the uh, two all rookie teams or not? Yes. If you go over, we will have at least half of a rookie. <laughs> so Poku's seven feet tall, three and a half. You know, feet I, of I, him can I be think selected. Poku is the width of half a person. So mm-hmm. it, so if he makes it, maybe that will just be half a rookie. Yeah, I, first ever. I'm going to go with the over here. Whoa, really? Really? Yeah. You think Pokey's going to make the all-rookie team? Yeah, c- because I mean, we already know this is kind of a weak draft class, right? And we're, we're going to be trying to be bad. We're going to let these doggies eat, mm, you know? Wow, wow. If Poku is ready to put up shots, we're going to let him put up those shots. And I already said, I think Maladon has a chance to get 20 minutes a game for this team. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, all of these guys, all of these rookies are going to have, they're going to have a chance to, to do their thing. So I'll say that Poku has a 60% chance of making an all-rookie team, and Maladon wow. has a 15% chance for a combined 0.75 all-rookie selections, which is higher than 0.5. Okay, there you go. What do you think? I mean, I like your answer uh, because it gets me a little more excited for this season, even though we're going to tank, whether you like it or not. Tanko Maladon. I got to go with the under here. Um, you know, not not any huge reason, but... I I got to say, I mean, it makes sense that we would have at least one because we'll have a lot of space for these for these rooks to chase the cook. So, 
yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm kind of rethinking it, but yeah, let's go with under. Under point five. We won't have any all rookies. Damn it. So I know some of our listeners are probably listening to what we're saying of you know these over unders and these predictions and like you guys are idiots. Oh yeah. They're 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 saying that to uh, to us bus boys. We don't know what we're saying, but I'll just you know I'll just take this occasion to remind you all that last summer I correctly predicted the exact number of wins. Yep. That the Thunder would have in the 2019-2020 season. So everything that me and Bones have said here is right. Well, let me ask you this. Did you also predict this pandemic? No comment. (laughs) Hey, it doesn't even matter because a win is a win is a win. So you you guessed right. And we should seek out those win-win-win situations. Your Balstradamus. Well, that's the last stop on the bus today. You can follow us on Twitter at Thunder underscore bus underscore pod, and you can find us on Facebook and all the major podcast apps. Wherever you listen to us, please give a like and a review. Thanks for riding the bus this week, and Thunder up! Thunder up!